You're listening to Opera Innovations, a podcast brought to you by AV Technologies. Today we are speaking with St. Louis University and Heather Lewis and Dr. Natalie Parks. So without further ado, St. Louis University. So today we are here with Heather Lewis and Dr. Natalie Parks from St. Louis University to talk more about their program. So thank you both for being here today. It's our pleasure. Nice to meet you. And I'm going to pass it over to you to start with just a general overview of the program. I'll pass that off to you, Natalie. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, Well, so uh, we uh, have, um, I think, kind of a unique program. Um, We have a master's program in ABA, but we also have a master's of social work program in ABA with an emphasis on ABA. Uh, and we're housed within the social work department. So, um, you know, it, it makes for kind of an interesting blend and I think a unique opportunity that you don't see in ABA programs other places. Uh, we did start our first program, ABA program was initiated in 2011. So we've been around for about nine years uh, so far. And our classes usually range from about 10 to 20 students. So. Uh, We don't get too big on kind of the class size that allows for kind of more intimate relationships with students and professors. Um, I already mentioned we're housed in the School of Social Work, um, but we're also within that department is criminology, criminal justice, and urban planning. So I think, again, you know, you see most ABA programs are usually in like education or special education or sometimes the psychology departments. Um, So we're a little bit different and a little bit unique in that respect. Um, Outside of that, um, you know, our our School of Social Work is actually housed within the College of Public Health. Um, So again, you know, usually you see ABA programs more so in, you know, education or, or psychology, as I mentioned before. Um, But this really kind of allows us to uh, provide our students with even more diverse learning topics and um, courses and opportunities that they may not have at other universities. Uh, And then I think the final two things about our program that are uh, kind of cool and unique is that our instructors are rather diverse in terms of their experiences. Um, We have a couple who have uh, expertise and who work currently in OBM. Uh, we have ones who have expertise in school-based uh, services, uh, both with regular education and special education. Uh, we have someone who has done sports in ABA, who does residential-based practices, and um, as well as kind of your more traditional in-home services. Uh, so we have kind of a lot of experiences. And the last thing that I would say is our first-time pass rates are also extremely high, ranging from uh, back in 2016, all the way up to 100%. Well, that's really exciting to hear that too, because, and I know that you mentioned a lot of what you've had, what people have had, you know, studying and what they do just in their real life. But what is, what would you say like the student experiences? Could they come in and they're like, hey, I'm actually really interested in, you know, maybe taking some like criminal justice courses to go work in like a completely different area. Is that something that, you know, that, like, can students kind of tailor their experiences coming to SLU? 
I'll hop in just for a second and uh, just say yes and no. Um, From a course perspective, from a coursework perspective, uh, our obviously, especially with task list edition five, uh, we're, we're, we're chock full. We have 39 degree hours. We have a four hour thesis as a part of that. And so the opportunity to take a course outside of our curriculum plan would be really challenging. That said, being housed in the School of Social Work, our relationships with other faculty and our faculty interest in being an interdisciplinary school promotes and prompts a interdisciplinary approach to research and also activities. So what happens and where you might see some interplay is say in practicum, which we have five semesters of. And so our students can get a really diverse um, experience and really work with what their interest area is, but also explore interests that maybe weren't in their, you know, weren't in their purview so far, you know, so we might, um, you know, some of the cooler things that we have, and this is, I'm kind of briefly leading us to practicum, and then I'll, I'll volley back to Natalie to, to talk more about the program specifically. But uh, we, we have a lot of our social work faculty that work with populations struggling with addiction. And so to that end, we have strong relationships in the community with places like Salvation Army. And so we have students who are earning their MSW along with all of the coursework necessary to complete their BCBA. And so their practicum experience is going to meet both practicum requirements. And so that's where they're gonna get a lot of that diversity and experience and and so on. And then I guess I kind of, you know, I kind of answered a little bit is that our students that are MSW ABA, they also will have coursework related to social work. So those students, the answer is yes, they do get um, coursework in some of these other disciplines that are in our program. Um, but if you're MS ABA, so you're receiving your master's in ABA, you are kind of limited to the ABA specific coursework, but the practice activities are much broader and the research activities are broader. Well, and I like that you made that clarification because, and I like that you were like, you answered that very strategically and how I always say a behavior analyst should answer a lot of things with... (laughs) It depends. It depends. depends. The best answer a behavior analyst can give. Um, But I mean, and just like you said, that leads us right into some of the practicum settings that you have, because that's one way that the students can really get some different experiences. So what do some of those practicum sites look like? Yeah. Yeah. I love to talk about that because they're really diverse and we get to do some really cool things. Um, So Natalie mentioned already that we do have students engaged in practicum around sports. And um, we also have, as I mentioned, individuals that are working with addiction and recovery patients and, and outpatient. And some of the activities around there can focus a little bit on the OBM side of things, like helping, helping, programs be more efficient. Um, I mean, one of the cooler activities that happened that I I often talk to our students about 
in our assessment classes the importance of preference. And so we actually, through advocacy and data collection and preference assessments, were able to reinstitute bus tickets for, um, in for, for outpatient services for, for clients that were part of this um, addiction and recovery and substance abuse program. The, the program itself had discontinued the bus tickets, thought that the, that the clients didn't need them, didn't want them, it wasn't necessary, it was costly. And so we were able to indicate, not only were we able to see an increase in participation in therapeutic services, but that from a preference standpoint, it, it was something that they wanted. And so it was a really cool opportunity for our students to see the importance of things as simple as how to run preference assessments and how to indicate that behaviors change as a result of our treatment and stuff, and then how to use that in an advocacy forum. So um, other activities that we've engaged in are, some of our students participate in school programs, but maybe not necessarily with a special education focus, but with um, a social justice focus. So as Natalie mentioned, we have relationships with other faculty in our school, and um, a, a former fa faculty member, unfortunately, who passed away several years ago, had a grant to work on, um, to stop the prison to pipeline. <clears throat> and so to that end, what we did was, he was a criminologist by training, and we had several different strategies that were being practiced in the school, but one of the things that we were doing is the behavior analyst students were going in and helping provide support for beha problem behavior reduction, coaching the teachers, um, implementing acceptance and commitment therapy practices with both teachers and students, and so it was a really great experience to, to be a part of. So we've also had students that engage in practicum in the field of gerontology. So we've gotten to do some really cool things there. And we've had students that work in the area of sexuality uh, with persons with special needs. We presently have a student who is practicing, um, getting experience in a practicum at our area crisis nursery. And so some of the work that she's doing through data collection and monitor, you know, and monitoring the interventions that are presently employed they're evaluating whether or not those are effective and they're enjoying this activity so much that they are broadening and creating a space for a full-time behavior analyst, which has never been a part of their program before. So uh, our practicum experiences are quite diverse, definitely a fun experience for the students and the faculty alike. And additionally, really help promote ABA in the community outside of the field of special education. So it's been, it's been a great experience for our students and, and for the community. I was going to say, it sounds like SLU has a really good community partnership as well to be able to get all of these different types of experiences for their students. And I know I mentioned, you know, with being in the department that you're in, if they can take other classes, well, that might not always even be the best option. Because, I mean, even part of our code, our ethical code and our practice guidelines and things like that, it's not just taking classes that it's going to get you, you know, to be as experienced as you need to be to work with different populations. It's going to be getting those types of experiences. So that's, that's really exciting to hear because you don't always get to hear that there's this plethora of practicum opportunities. 
right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty great. And and and, and not to, to discount, you know, the other more traditional practicum opportunities mm -hmm. as well. And we definitely do have students who, you know, have an interest in, in home-based or school-based or clinic-based services with autism, and, and they have those placements as well. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. We, we, we all know what those look like. So yeah, those are, those are traditional. <laughs> but we do, and, and what's fun, I mean, St. Louis is um, a great hub for those types of services. And so we have a lot of different clinics for students to choose from. Some are nationally based, some are local. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have school-based experiences. And then we also do have several day programs for adults. If, if you really want to work with uh, populations with special needs, which, as Natalie pointed out, is, a, you know, that's going to be a majority of the students that come to our program, and we are always happy to um, share our, our experiences and our expertise in that area, um, but we, we definitely find a lot of pride in our ability to go beyond that as well, so, you know, kind of a yes and approach. Well, and I'll say actually working in a day program with adults with disabilities was actually really what got me into the field of behavior analysis yeah, in the first yeah. place. So that was my job in undergrad. And one of my coworkers was in the behavior analysis program. And she's like, what are you doing? You need to just, just come on. <laughs> just come on. That's awesome. So, yeah. and, and even when you talk about adults too, yeah, we have our traditional clinic, home, school settings, those kinds of things as well. But I mean, even with adults, a lot of that isn't even necessarily very prevalent. Right. So even hearing about that as well is mm -hmm. even a big expansion on what we would, you know, probably typically consider traditional. Mm -hmm. right. so, so that's exciting too. That was probably one of my best experiences in working with adults because there's, once they get to a certain age, services drop off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really neat. And how about faculty and research? What is going on at SLU with the faculty and who are they? Well, so we are, um, we're two of the main faculty in the ABA program, um, both uh, Heather and I. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it, I think it's, I think it's an asset, but I'm clearly biased about it. Um, you know, I, we have kind of a variety of research interests going on. And so, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm newer to St. Louis University, and this is my first semester kind of going through thesis with our students. And one of the things that they came to me kind of concerned about is they thought I was going to assign them a project. Uh, and they were worried that it might be a project that they weren't as interested in. And I said, no, that's not at all, because I get excited about most things. Um, and so just in the four of them, we actually have extremely different things that they're looking at. One is looking at, um, you know, having someone graph for you versus graphing your own data uh, and seeing if that results in any behavioral change. But she's actually doing it with an adult uh, population with with disabilities in a residential facility. So she's teaching those individuals how to graph, um, which I think in and of itself is pretty awesome, um, and how to interpret graphs. But then she's looking at, you know, is there a behavior change uh, when they have to graph their own data versus when she graphs it and they talk about it. Um, I have another one who's looking at using telehealth to teach parent training. 
Um, so that's, you know, huge for uh, where we are right now, kind of given COVID. Uh, but I think as we transition um, and look for ways, especially for our BCBAs who are working in homes, uh, you know, there's a big push in the field to try and get better work-life balance and things like that. And so the better we can utilize uh, telehealth models, the, the better off we are. So she's actually looking at the effectiveness of um, parent training on some specific skills uh, using a telehealth model. So the parent will be home with their child and she will be on the other side um, training. And then we have a student who's actually looking at um, online dating behaviors. Uh, so adults with developmental disabilities, um, she's actually going to be teaching them to identify um, kind of red flags for like suspect behavior or unsafe behaviors. Um, so, you know, I think she has seven different things that she's researched and kind of included as red flags. So anywhere from like not having a picture on your profile to um, requesting to like come to my house at 10 p.m. Uh, during the first conversation and things like that. So she's, um, she's looking at can you use actually video modeling through telehealth? Uh, to, to teach these skills and teach, you know, individuals who are young adults who are interested in dating, um, you know, how to be safe in doing so. And then our last one is actually looking at decreasing racial bias um, through uh, mindfulness and perspective taking. So he is doing kind of pre-post assessments and looking at those two different intervention methods to see if we can actually reduce uh, racial bias. So uh, as you can see, just in those four students, like there's a huge range. Um, and uh, I think that speaks again to just the diversity that we have being in the social work department, being linked with, you know, criminal justice and those types of things. Uh, but also just kind of looking at, uh, we have some adjunct professors as well who have interests in these areas. Um, my primary interests are actually in the world of social justice and diversity and inclusion. I look at um, a lot of like trainings, um, the impact of training on police officers and their bias when policing, um, the same with the fire station. Uh, as well as, um, you know, kind of institutionally uh, what, what that looks like. Um, and then I have a history of doing a lot of research in um, both severe problem behavior uh, as well as skill acquisition. And so, um, you know, just kind of with my diversity of experiences, I'm able to guide these students um, really well. Uh, and then, you know, Heather spends a lot of time at our um, STAR clinic, which is our student teaching and research clinic, uh, where, you know, we provide services. Uh, I, Heather can probably speak about it much better than I can, but we, we focus on kind of providing those stopgap services. So children who have been referred for services, but the wait lists are long. And um, so providing some resources and treatment in the interim. Uh, and then, you know, doing some research about like, you know, what are the most impactful treatments and, and methods that we can use um, for kind of more short term treatments? Uh, and how do we get kind of the best outcomes with that? So she's been doing a lot with the um, Oh, I'm going to lose my words. What is that assessment? The peak assessments. 
Um, and looking at, you know, just uh, using that and uh, designing interventions that kind of surround that and um, standardizing some, some treatment uh, materials and things. So Heather, do you want to add to that? I know you, yeah, you know, it. it's, I'm gonna, I'm, before I do though, um, I'm just gonna say that Natalie's really underselling her publication history and her research experience here. Um, and, you know, if, if there's folks out there that are curious about our program and just our, you know, our history and the, and the faculty that have, that we've been lucky enough to have, in, including Natalie, um, it is a really nice publication list. <laughs> um, so students are definitely getting exposure to practice and field experiences, and they're getting exposed to how how to publish if that you know so you can kind of you can come to SLU and you can have different tracks long-term tracks in mind so if you're a person that you're like no you know I, I really want to get this breadth of knowledge but I don't have this deep interest in in publication but I want to learn and I want to learn the process and use those practices in my practice I mean because to us research design regardless of publication is a necessary component to practice you're going to get that but if you're like i i have long-term goals and i also you know want to consider a phd someday we do have a social work phd that some of our students choose to emphasize behavior analytic studies and earn their phd in social work we um, but students can also leave SLU and be extremely competitive at, at some of the top ranked universities for their PhD in applied behavior analysis because of the, the research history. And in fact, we have three studies uh, by former St. SLU faculty um, in the most recent Cooper book. So we're, you know, and from their time at SLU. So I'm, you know, we feel pretty, we feel pretty proud of our, our track record and um, given Natalie joining on, we're, we're very excited about our future as well. So I just didn't want her to discount herself any more than she already was because she has published some amazing stuff and well, thank uh, you. <laughs> the students would, will definitely um, continue to have that, that opportunity from a research perspective. Um, but uh, Natalie said it really great about what STAR is. It's a relatively new clinic. We're only in our second year of it, since its inception. And we are, um, long-term, we're looking at, um, our, our goal is social justice with this, you know, our, our goal is social justice and teaching, right? I mean, we really want to impact the community. We don't have a strong interest in being a big competitor with other programs in town, uh, we want to be a support. We, you know, we know that, that the diagnoses for children is, you know, is constantly on the rise. And we also know that there's, that there are people out there that aren't getting diagnoses that need help. And we want to be there for those clients and kind of help them through that process and provide them whatever services are going to help their quality of life and use the best behavior analytic practices that are out there, so. And that's just really exciting too, because, and I like how, like Natalie put it in the beginning, like students are saying, well, do you assign my project for me? <clears throat> and I know that that's a big concern though, when you're looking at programs. 
right. because you know there. I mean, there are some faculty out there that they have they have these lines of research going that you jump on those, and so you want to make sure that when you are researching programs that that is something that you definitely ask for, because that's not something you're going to learn on the website. Right. Well, and I think you know. Uh, it, one of it goes very well with kind of SLU's mission um, for social justice as well. So just our overall university's mission uh, is really focused on social justice issues. Um, but I think also as um, somebody kind of directing the program uh, to make a program inclusive, that really means like inclusive of everyone, right? And so if you don't share the same research interests that I do, um, I honestly don't think that should be a problem. And I think when we're, when we're thinking about training the next generation of BCBAs, uh, I want you to be an excellent BCBA. And I know that part of you becoming an excellent BCBA taps into some of those both antecedent and reinforcement contingencies of what we might call passion. So like when you get excited about something, uh, that serves as an antecedent for you to do some work and, and focus on it and learn more about it. But once you do learn about it, that acts as a consequence, right? And a reinforcer for you to keep going. And so, you know, you, I, I can get you done um, when you're doing something that is kind of of mediocre interest to you, but what's going to really make you an excellent BCBA? It's, it's very good training, lots of different opportunities, but Honestly, I think it's being able to figure out your passions and, and being able to kind of focus on them and get the support that you need. And so, you know, I, I think that goes with our inclusive nature. Um, and, and I think that's something that Heather and I believe very strongly about. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, yeah, I like that a lot too, because then you just, you were bringing in not just what you two want the behavior analysis program to be, but you're also bringing in, no, this is really something that SLU, that SLU and St. like the entirety of St. Louis University is really trying to strive for. Right. And you've constantly talked about it, how you're going into the community. You have all of these community connections. You want to make sure that you're not competing with these other community agencies that you want to be a partner with them and you want to work you want to work right there next to them to make sure that you're helping as many individuals as possible. Right. So I think that that's something really to bring up just to emphasize. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I can't remember if we've mentioned it already or not, but um, our most recent ranking in the Princeton review is second for community outreach in schools. Um, because as a Jesuit university, um, the mission is being women and men for others. And so whether you're in our program, you're in our school of social work, or part of our um, broader university, there are so much opportunity for serving others and just getting engaged in and meeting the needs of the community and doing so in a manner that is most meaningful to you and genuinely helping others. And so it's, it's something that, you know, regardless of your, your personal religious beliefs. I mean, SLU is a community where, you know, we're, we're just here to, to help others. And that's really important. Well, and I think that that's a good point too, especially with the world that, you know, we're in right now as well. We can see very like polarized and very just individual, like just individual. And I think that that's a good 
that those are some good characteristics to try to cultivate with your students and future and future, you know, community, hopefully leaders and just people who are involved in the community is to really try to perpetuate this. I have Scott Geller's stuff on my mind right now. So this really actively caring for people mindset. So, um, and I like seeing that as well, because that's also, you know, where I've been debating, like, what am I going to do? Because I want to try to in, like in, put the, you know, the biggest impact out there as I can. So <clears throat> I really like hearing that as well. And we've kind of talked about a little bit of it with the thesis and the research and the practicum and then some of the classes as well. But what is that student experience like when you bring all of that together? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, I think when you think about the student experience, especially kind of from a master's level uh, framework, you know, it's going to be different than an undergraduate experience. Uh, you know, uh, most of our students, uh, as, as Heather kind of already said, we have a practicum worked into the program. And I know some or a lot of ABA programs at this point don't do that, uh, especially with the more recent changes uh, to the practicum experience. Um, so, you know, I would probably use the adjective of like, our students are immersed in ABA. Um, you know, the, the coursework is fairly rigorous. Um, you know, I, I, I have, I've heard lots of different comments from students on juxtapositions between all of their professors, but all of them have said like expectations are high. Um, and, and they, from what I've gotten from them, given they're probably not going to tell me if they hate everyone, but, um, you know, they, they've always said they felt supported. They felt like, you know, everybody kind of has a slightly different angle, um, which gives them a good breadth of experience. Uh, but they are they are immersed in applied behavior analysis. So, you know, they they have, you know, two to four classes um, a semester. Some of those for like MSW students, some of those are going to be social work classes. They have practicum. So they're working within the field. They have a seminar where they're reflecting upon their practicum experience and getting some kind of assistance and thinking about broader um, topics and things like that. And then we, you know, we go through the summer. So we have fall classes, spring classes, and summer classes. And so, um, you know, uh, theoretically, ABA is going to be their lives. And I would say that graduate school is the jumpstart for that. Um, you know, we do have lots of supports. We have kind of like student experiences. So we have like a student representative on our department, um, you know, committee. So she comes to all of our meetings, um, has lots of input. You know, I actually like, we have a flyer that we're working on. Uh, and so like I email her to make sure that we get the student perspective and, you know, know that, you know, when we're speaking to prospective students, like are we speaking to them correctly? Uh, things like that. So I think there are lots of ways for them to get involved. Um, and be active. Um, that said, you know, a lot of the graduate students kind of have their own lives as well. Um, and so, you know, I think there's still the uh, opportunity and availability for them to have that balance between their, their families and school. And that's really good to know, just because 
I mean, if you're going into an on-campus graduate program, you have to, I mean, you have to be prepared anyway. Right. <laughs> so, but I know that even with mine, I still had plenty of time to, I mean, even those with the graduate students, you know, we were doing fun things on the weekends together, like going to the, going to the rec center, playing volleyball, going and doing this, going and doing that. So, right. but, but yeah, and it definitely is a lot, but I mean, for me, it was worth it. So. We, we do have a cohort model, so yeah. the students are kind of, do kind of hang out and have build that relationship like you mentioned, which can be really nice. We also, I mean, you know, I'm sure that this goes without saying, but we do have a part-time track that students can select to, to take where, I mean, it's graduate school is graduate school, right? I mean, you're going to have, it's, it's going to feel like something you've added to your, <laughs> your day, but uh, if you need... To, if you need to thin things out and, and not feel so incredibly immersed, uh, we certainly have that option. And then um, also to that end and, and to speak to some of the things that Natalie talked about with our students who are in practicum, um, we typically are able to arrange a workplace practicum site. So um, most of the places in the community are willing to work with our expectations for practicum. I mean, we do have uh, a lot of predetermined activities that have to be, you know, have to be completed. Um, our expectations are, are, are definitely high, as, as Natalie has mentioned. And so um, usually the feedback is excellent. Usually the, the sites enjoy the things that we ask of the students and they end up creating something new anyway, you know, and, and offering something to the site that the site otherwise wouldn't have had the time to do. So lots of really cool things come out of that and it gives our students an opportunity to continue to earn that living, especially if they're a non-traditional student who, you know, isn't just out of grad school and maybe getting some extra support from family, but, but needs to kind of go their own way. Um, that can definitely be beneficial. And um, adding to that, I also want to mention that SLU has a, um, some decent discount rates and also some GA opportunities. And there's a lot more, um, we are definitely looking to promote um, diversity in our classrooms um, as well as with our faculty. Um, that's something that we're trying to do campus-wide. And so, um, so there's lots of ways that we try to support students that traditionally might've struggled to um, find the financial support to, to be a part of a school like SLU and, and there's a lot of cool things out there for them. Well, I like that you mentioned that all of that as well because that means that, you know, it is in the forefront. It is something that SLU is working on actively to make sure that they're giving as many opportunities to their students as possible. And so, because this is so related, because, you know, if people are interested in SLU and they want to apply, what does that application and potential interview process look like? We love to have people come visit St. Louis. Um, so obviously the pandemic is, is slowing that down a bit, but if you, uh, if you, if you mask up and, and want to come check it out, it is 
actually it's a super, super awesome city. Uh, we do, uh, if, if anybody wants to reach out, the easiest thing, honestly, they can do besides just going to the SLU's website and tossing applied behavior analysis. And there's lots of cool things online, including a link to a, an application. Uh, but they would ultimately, the process is they would get in touch with either ourselves or we would connect them with our admissions director. Her name is Christy Richter. And it's a very personalized experience, actually. She engages students and helps them kind of get onboarded. She's definitely our person that helps with, um, <clears throat> with graduate assistantships, scholarships, um, is really informative, loves to help students get, you know, find what's available at SLU for them to apply for. So she is an amazing point person for all things related to the admissions process so that we can kind of focus on ABA. But she, um, she's a she has her master's in social work and we work closely with her, um, you know, between Natalie and I, we probably meet with her, you know, two to three times a week. Uh, so um, it's a very integrated process. Um, it's not like there's somebody off in a different building somewhere else admitting students. Um, we, we usually know exactly who's in the pipeline and, and um, who's being considered and, and are always happy to ask. Um, you know, students are always welcome to ask us questions. We're happy to answer them. And so, um, you know, students are also just welcome to reach out to us personally and, and just ask some questions before applying but yeah there's st louis as a city if it's um a place you're not as familiar with um some of the most important points that we we like to point out is that i mean we're great sports town um our cost of living is phenomenal uh having lived in boston natalie's lived in atlanta and la so we're, you know, we're certainly well versed in in pricier <laughs> um, cities, and and St. Louis has you can get a lot a lot of house and live in some really cool areas. Uh, we're definitely known for being a foodie town um, and a very cool. We have a very cool music scene. So pretty much, depending regardless of the music you're interested in, there's a lot of live music opportunities. <clears throat> we have a world class zoo. It's always it's either the, the first, second, or third one usually ranked in the world is the St. Louis Zoo, and it's free to go to. Um, yeah, it's it's a really impressive zoo, actually. Yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I didn't actually know like what I had growing up until I moved away, and people wanted to charge me to get in, and the zoos <laughs> were like crappy. Not even as good. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was looking on a map, too, and SLU is like right next to the zoo as yes. well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the zoo is in this, in Forest Park, which is, what is it, Natalie? Three times Central Park size? Yeah, I think so. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, absolutely, and there's a golf course on it, and there's, a, our history museum is there, and we have live outdoor theater, like the person there are like that, soccer fields there, yeah. and yeah, we have an outdoor theater, the Muni's there which gets Broadway stars. They come and spend their summers with us. Actually, the person that, um, the, the, uh, um, one of the, the main folks that runs the Muni actually just won a Tony in the last couple of years for um, a show that they produced on Broadway. So yeah, we definitely, for being a city in the Midwest, we, we have some cool stuff to offer. Well, and I'll say too, I always forget how close I actually live 
to St. Louis because I'm right, like I'm right on the. I know I'm right on the west coast of Michigan. Come visit. I'm only because I'm only about. I'm very. I mean, I'm pretty close to Chicago. So instead of going around, I would just have to go just down. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, uh, going to a, a St. Louis Blues game, you know, having just won the Stanley Cup not too long ago, two years ago, so uh, is much cheaper than going to a Blackhawks game. And <laughs> I can speak we for don't need, We don't need to mention the Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up outside of Chicago. So, um, so yeah, like the, the yeah. teams are, and we're getting a new MLS team, and we're building yeah. a brand new Building stadium. a new stadium. Yeah. So we have some cool, cool gems. You won't yeah. be, if, you're, if you just, if you're not in the moment being immersed in ABA and, you know, and you sneak out for just a little bit, there's some really cool places and things to check out. Right. It sounds like it is very diverse. It's very, no matter what you're interested in, you'll be able to find it there. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And you're actually, if people are, I don't know where I thought St. Louis was. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know either. Well, I know, like, I know my family, well, my parents have taken, like, a trip down there for the weekend, and they left on Friday and were there really quick. I was like, how did you, I I guess I thought it was further away than it was, but um, it's very centrally located. Very centrally located. As well. For sure. Just within the United States. It makes it easy to fly anywhere. Yeah. It really, it, that is, that is a very, very true fact. My family travels a lot for, uh, for both for work, but also we, none, none of us are from here originally. And um, it makes, it makes travel a lot easier. I know we've kind of covered a lot so far. We have covered a general overview, the faculty, practicum, the student experience, research, St. Louis, and how individualized the application process is as well. And I know that, you know, both of you have mentioned this already, but I will be including your emails in the description of this episode. So if anybody does want to reach out, please do. But what else do potential students need to know about SLU or St. Louis? So the one thing that I kind of want to add, and I think it's just on my mind because it's probably just focused on a lot of where my work is, but we are actually currently, um, we have an initiative going and we're doing some research on it as well uh, in terms of our curriculum and the diversity of our curriculum. So we're actually doing a full analysis of every single article that students have to read throughout their entire career at SLU. And we are looking at the diversity both within authors um, as well as within topics and uh, the, the participants of studies. Um, so we're, we're looking at it through several different kind of inclusive lenses. Um, but, but what our hope is, and, and we're actually this semester, we'll be implementing a end of course survey for all of our students to gain their feedback about the diversity of topics and authors um, covered. And so, you know, Heather said that we have an initiative at SLU-wide, but also within our department of ABA to really diversify um, the things that we're doing. And I know there's been an informal call for this to happen within our field um, that hasn't quite happened yet. So we've been working really hard on how do we 
incorporate kind of cultural practices and diversity and um, make sure that we're representing every single person uh, as part of just our regular, uh, you know, um, curriculum. So we, we don't need a separate kind of cultural competence class or cultural awareness class. It's going to be worked in throughout our entire curriculum. So we've made some updates uh, this year already, but we're, we're doing that research so that we can really have the numbers and make some data-based decisions about um, how to best meet the needs of our students and how to uh, really have a program that appeals to anyone and everyone. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that, Natalie. It's, it's such an important part of our, our mission as a program and as a university. And we want everyone who comes and sits in our classroom to feel seen and heard. And, you know, one of the things just to add on to what Natalie said is that being housed in the school of social work, there's, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of fostering of, of advocacy. And that's something that we really encourage with our students is, is to let us know. Uh, so what, what aren't we doing right? What do we need to do better to make sure that this is an inclusive environment um, regarding all kinds of different identities, right? And so that's really meaningful for us. So I'm, I'm really glad she brought that up. We're bo we both are obviously very passionate about our program and um, understandably very proud. So, I mean, I think, you know, we could probably talk your ear off, but I, I think we've hit our list that we limited ourselves to. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, very to the point, very clear, very concise, and, but you still included all of the stuff that makes SLU very unique to some other programs that are out there, and the plethora of different experiences that potential students can get with you is, is insane. And it's very exciting. Yeah. So, well, thank you both so much for talking thank you. today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Thank you for listening to this episode of the University Series. And as always, if you have questions, comments, feedback, or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to us at operainnovations at abatechnologies.com.